Thursday, May 3rd, 2018, and you're listening to episode 81 of Roll Up and Die. Stop it, Alex. Going. Stop it. <laughs> we're, we're going to see uh, Infinity War tomorrow, and uh, oh. I, I got, I've got no idea what to expect. And, um, and, and you know what? We, the same thing kind of happened when The Last Jedi was coming out, because mm-hmm. I did my best to... I, like, I'm, I'm like you. If it's spoiled, whatever, it's spoiled. But I, uh, with, with The Last Jedi, I, on purpose, didn't want to watch any trailers. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen trailers when it comes to Infinity War, but I, I'm oh, not oh, yeah. I'm not as sold, as bought in as many others. So I'm kinda like, well right. I'm I will i will know what I'm getting into tomorrow <laughs> in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, you know, we, we, even without spoilers though, just just the reviews coming in say that it's it's really good. So the the good. I, I mean it it kinda almost had to be but there was a chance that they could have screwed it up, but it doesn't sound like they did. So that's at least yeah. good. Yeah, you can go into yeah, it knowing you, that you, you're probably going to see a pretty mo- pretty awesome movie. They got their prep in, you know. Uh, Tim Tim <laughs> ten, was talking in the chat it. before. Uh, you know, this is like ten years in the making. Yeah, that you know yeah. they've they put in the work to create this cinematic universe, and they did it slowly and steadily and over an amount of time yeah. that made it feel natural and rewarding. And, uh, yep. they didn't just try to rush into it. Like, you know, <laughs> other, you know, well, other, other franchises, nobody's, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but one of the reasons that, that, uh, if you're listening to this, that you're just hearing Alex's voice and my voice is that, uh, Matt right now, the poor guy is, on vacation in San Diego, California. Just awful experience. The beach, the sun. Uh, I can't even imagine what that's like for you, Matt. Our thoughts are with you right now. Um, yeah. I um, Just a moment of envy. I mean, silence. Just just for Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't feel too bad. I mean, I can, I, we can, we, oh, we get to see the yard for the first time today. Since the oh, you snow, see, yeah, you get to see the we yard. See, yeah, the the snow. There's, there's a little tiny patch, probably about maybe three feet across in the yard where there's no snow now. It's a oh, one, but it's there. I uh, here's here's one thing. <laughs> I uh, look kind of like a lobster that you might see in Maine because I <laughs> took a two second walk outside today, and uh, basically the whole ground is like a frying pan. Sometimes apparently the ozone uh, is gone, and just. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of the egg test? The the can you cook an egg on the oh, sidewalk yeah, yeah. test? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's uh, well, I think Arizona. I don't know if that's how hot it has to be to fry an egg on a sidewalk, but <laughs> today was one of those days that made me want to try it. There's actually a main version of that where you can, uh, in the dead of winter, say in January, go out with a uh, a metal pan, leave the, the metal pan out in the cold for an hour, and then break an egg on it, and it'll just like freeze to it and 
turn oh. soft. Same idea, just <laughs> the opposite, opposite into the thermal spectrum. <laughs> that's a that's called a that's called a hard frozen egg. Oh, right, that's stupid. Right. Oh, we got to come up with a better name for that. That's amazing. Uh, uh, was it who's uh, gonna uh, eat flash that? frozen egg? <laughs> flash flash frozen egg. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite kind. Uh, how would you like your egg done? A oh, flash frozen. Oh, great. Excellent. Psh. That sounds like something out of Fallout New Vegas. Um, so, uh, something that we see, we've talked a lot about the Avengers, Alex. We've talked a lot yeah, about Star we Wars. We've talked a lot about things that involve combat and action and fighting and you know yeah. the trailers are filled I, with that stuff i let's that's true. let's take it to the other side what do you think i like that idea as we yeah. spontaneously come up with this yeah <laughs> great idea i had no idea out of nowhere wow I'm, oh I'm my gosh we're recording great. hey everyone welcome to roll up and die thanks for tuning in to your definitive rpg podcast my name is barker and my name is alex aka captain gothnog and I just want to say it was and, really hard not to say that I'm Matt because I expect to hear that after I hear you. It's like, dude, why would I be Matt? Why would I say that? It's, it's I, a little. I, 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 I heard myself in my head saying it. It's like, no, no, you're not. not you're not Matt. You're not Matt. No, it's sometimes we dare to dream, because right oh, now I would not want to be Matt on the beautiful sands of I know. the West Coast, I know. checking out the endless horizons, know, eating shame. from taco carts. Oh, jeez. Oh. oh, that's hmm. that's just sad. That's Hello, really just sad. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> uh, you know, here's here's why, actually, listeners. Yeah. Why I and we wanted to talk about this. Um, first of all, if you're not aware, Alex recently ran a great Call of Cthulhu game for myself and Matt um, uh, that you can find uh, over. Uh, is it on your YouTube channel, Alex? Yeah, it's on mine. Excellent. Yep. So you can find it at yep. Captain, Captain Gothnog, yep. and uh, <clears throat> and it's wonderful. And we, it, it, it's going to be a two-parter, like the last one shot that you ran for us, right? We, uh, <laughs> it, we have a, a habit of building these amazing, cool epilogue level sessions, and then saying, "Oh man, you know what? Next time, let's finish it. You know, whatever the climax of this story is, we're going to finish it the next time." And we stopped this game at such a perfect time. In, mm-hmm. in in the flow of, uh, I don't know, of what we were doing. And yeah. it didn't even occur to me until after we finished the first session that we didn't fight anything at all. There was... No, no. I, my character's got a, a camera and a baseball bat, and I didn't hit anyone with it, I, uh, either of those things. That's um, right. But I had... I mean, we were scrounging around libraries and looking through old newspapers and finding little clippings that you had given us, and I don't think that was any less fun. And, and, and I mean, I think that was more fun than, than yeah. almost every combat experience I've had in a role-playing game. And I don't know, why, why do we not get more of that in role-play or in RPGs? Well, I mean, obviously for, for a long time, D&D was the main RPG, and... and that that's just the way it was designed. It came out of war games. It was, you know, it, it's it's centered around fighting essentially, or at least it was. I mean, l- m- mm-hmm. more recently, <clears throat> you know, with the advent of other games, people have started to so, sort of steer D and D more towards, uh, you know, more character development. But ultimately, it's still a, 
you know, it's still a fighting game. Most most of the stats are geared towards combat of one mm-hmm. kind or another. Uh, or sp- uh, look at uh, what never changes. Are... Yeah, if yeah. you look at what never changes in D anD D, you know they yeah. change a lot of things and add new rules. But yeah. you know, you never lose your armor class. You never lose your hit points or your you know these things that like are kind of out of the chainmail era <clears throat> of gaming. Yeah, and even if you look at the spells, you have things like. Uh, you know, if you think of the classic ones, you think of Fireball, Lightning Bolt. You don't think of Feign Death. You know, it's not just <laughs> <laughs> the, the role playing. The role playing spells just don't really come into it as much, uh, mm-hmm. or at least they're not as well remembered. And and so I think that's some of it. Certainly, um, it's just not that kind of game. And a lot of them aren't. I, when I really think about it, I mean, it, whether you go whether you're looking at spies or supers or uh, even pulp to some degree, that you know. It, they're they're all very action oriented, physical action, physically action oriented, uh, mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> there's very few that aren't, and and Cthulhu happens to be one of them, uh, because just by the nature of it, it's it's investigative, it's cerebral, it's it's looking into trying to figure out what's going on uh, rather than um, rather than kill stuff, and in most cases, <laughs> you know, you're generally encouraged to run away from things. Because yes. there's a lot of things in this that that will just eat you, <laughs> you yeah, know, or make you become them, and like just yeah. really, yeah, yeah. And and I don't remember if I said this to you guys, but I I, uh, I said I usually say it to new players is that you know if you if you're accustomed to D and D, don't try to play this like D and D. You're not going to stand toe to toe with some of the monsters in this, <laughs> you know. Um, Maybe if you get a flamethrower and and a, and, a, and a stick of dynamite and 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 a, and a Tommy gun, okay, then mm-hmm. take some cover and, and and shoot and see how it Good reacts. Luck. If it gets angry, run. You know, just yep. that. You know, whereas D and D, the at least the old school way is you stay till that room is clear. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't leave that room until everything is dead and you get that treasure in your pocket. That's how it yes. works. Yep, and, and I'll the, roll investigation. Oh, you yeah. fail. I would do it again. I'm going to turn this room upside down, uh, looking for the loot, and I'm going to turn every human corpse over and search it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, you know, something like, it reminds me of Numenera, which I think actually right in the game, uh, the experience mechanic is based around exploration. So the more oh, you nice. explore and the more you discover, the more experience you gain, yeah. which... I was thinking, and this kind of let's start off on on one of these topics. You know, how mm-hmm. do you, um, how do you get players who normally are very very excited to fight and have rolled these characters and they expect combat? How do you, for lack of a better way of putting it, how do you get them to enjoy non combat or investigation and such like that, uh, such things like that? And, um, well, I I. I I, well, you know what? I'll throw it over to you, Alex. What, what, when you were running the game for Matt and I, how did you do that? I, I wanted to start with the newspaper clippings because that's such a big part, yeah. but I, I don't want that to be every answer because it's not. Well, but well, uh, how did well, you pull funny. us in? Yeah, it's funny because the first step for me was actually sending out the, the handouts because, um, you know, there was something you couldn't look at because that they, you know, we're, we're going to be opening them through the course of the game, but I wanted to include something that you could look at right away to get that sort of initial excitement for the, um, for the setting. And I think the setting lends itself well to it. It's, it's very moody. Um, I think getting people more immersed in it can help and really just revving up the tension. And, 
you know, I know we've talked in the show about uh, including all the senses and sort of um, getting someone to feel like they're in a place. So, so, like when you guys went to the asylum, you know, uh, you know when you get when when folks watch this, if they watch it on my channel, you'll see that uh, the, the the place itself has a personality, and when you when you go in there, you don't feel welcome. <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't feel like you should be there. Um, there's a there's a there's a sort of a vague sort of threat to the place, and at least that's 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 the way I tried to sort of paint it. And then as you were going from the more public front deeper into the sort of the, the bowels of the place past, you know, greater levels of insanity, that just sort of built up and you began to sort of maybe see things that maybe maybe were there, maybe weren't there. Yes. That's and, what you got to watch. If you're going to watch anything, <clears throat> watch that scene where we're entering the asylum and watch the... Um, the de-evolution of the place as we walk through each ward, which is a, an excellent way to just see that it's all about that sort of slippery slope. Take it step by step, showing how people are getting a little more crazy. Now, in this area, you know, people are kind of allowed to walk around and some yeah. are kind of talking to themselves. But in this next area, someone jumps at you and tries to attack you. Uh, and deep in the ward, everything is quiet. There's nothing. That's... That's like, I don't know, traveling through the circles of hell. If you yeah. show each yeah. one just being a little more terrifying than the last, uh, it's very, very easy to feel it. Yeah, that's, that's a great analogy, and that's kind of what I was thinking when I was, when I was sort of running it. Um, you know, you, you, are, you are descending into this greater thing, and I think that's the big difference between, <clears throat> say, combat action, which is just, you know, high adrenaline sort of stuff, like, oh, we're fighting, all right, da 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 whereas... This sort of thing is about tension, and it's about sort of you know you you just kind of it's a slow crank up of the tension, and so you're kind of waiting for something to happen as as things go on, and when something and then something maybe maybe kind of happens, uh, or maybe something happens that you don't expect, but it, it, it's 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 more of a slow a slow burn of tension versus the the you know the spikes of action that you get in combat, and I think that's the trick to adding excitement in a way that <clears throat> that doesn't include fighting or you know physical conflict yeah if that makes well, sense well i kind of it does and i misspoke a little bit because i said you know we didn't have any combat in the session but i got jumped by uh, an true. asylum inmate rather but it wasn't it wasn't combat. I feel like it could have been. You could have been like, all right, you hear that music playing and all right, right. roll, you know. Um, but it was all it felt almost like uh, Chekhov's gun. We walked yeah. into this place. We saw all of this stuff that's very unsettling. And I didn't realize I knew that someone was going to try to, you know, bite my face off on the way out until it happened. And I'm like, of course. Of course, <laughs> that that the you hung that gun mm -hmm. up above the bar and you had to fire it, um, yeah. and the way that you made it just not a combat thing. This is more of a, it was like a die. It was a it was an exchange. Yeah, the yeah. it was a dialogue between myself and this person, this patient, uh, through the under the guise of combat. We were exchanging yeah. words while he was grabbing my throat, mm -hmm. and that. You know, I didn't lose any hit points, I don't think, or I, don't, you know, I didn't lose any sanity, but it was <clears throat> right. perfect right. still. 
Yeah, and and that's what it was. It was a violent communication, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's what that's what I loved about it was was that, and it was so, it sent out sort of a little release of tension, you know, because up to that point it was all just seeing the crazy, and then finally having one of them go at you. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I, you know, now I see now I see this is happening. Um, but yeah, it was it was more of a transfer of information, and even when. Um, uh, spoiler alert, you know, you encounter that guy again, it's a very similar sort of thing where it could have easily become combat when, uh, uh, when Matt's character encountered him, but it didn't, you know, it it didn't Mm -hmm. turn into that. Um, even though there was, there was actually a gun involved (laughs) this time, the second time. Uh, And I felt like there was agency the whole time too. Do you remember the near the beginning before we even went out, um, I was on the street right outside Matt's character's apartment and I saw the figure and just kind of looking yeah. at me and kind of following me. Mm-hmm. If I I know some players right now, if they were in my shoes, they would have pulled the baseball bat and chased him down and tried to hit him and figure out who he was and uh, or she, I'm not sure who yeah. it was. And it was, but the whole, well, the whole mood of the game is kind of investigative. And I think going in prepared for that as a player definitely mm-hmm. helps and that's not really yeah. advice that anyone can take and use but uh if if, if your players are going in knowing that they're going to investigate more than they're going to strike and fight yeah then uh, i think you're going to have a better time i think what helps people to sort of come to grips with that is as well in 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 call of cthulhu is that uh it's set in a in in our world you know solidly yep. I mean, well i should say it's kind of a shadowy <laughs> reflection of our world um yeah, a place where Arkham and Dunwich exist, but you know it's still ultimately our world. It's the 1920s in this case, and so, like in in D and D, you know, if someone stole something from you, you would not think twice about chase, running them down in the street, and 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 chopping their head off with your sword. <laughs> you know, um, yep. that that's just what you do. If they Whereas, steal a pouch of like <clears throat> silver from you, you'll do that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> they look at you the wrong way. But ah, but in you know when you when you imagine yourself in a 1920s setting and there's cops around and there's other people, I don't know. It, it just feels you just feel more of those social constraints that mm-hmm. that prevent us from from doing things like that now. Um, you know that you, you know you're like oh wait a minute I I can't just run down the street and, and beat this guy with a baseball bat. <laughs> you know I'm, yeah. I'll be arrested and yeah and I'll be arrested spend, though. <laughs> <laughs> we'll spend half the game in jail, and yeah, yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, that 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 kind of thing can certainly happen, and uh, so it definitely requires a different style of 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 play. That again, you know, someone who's more accustomed to D and D just isn't gonna be not gonna be used to. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, here's a here's a little thing that I that I took from your game, Alex. Maybe this is mm-hmm. a piece of hard advice for someone to grab yeah. onto, but y- you did a really good job at making me question whether or not I actually saw a person or saw the yeah. face or saw the thing looking at me. Mm-hmm. It was always kind of a, um, you see it and then you don't, you know, yeah. was it ever there to begin with? Is there a person here? And it happened often enough that when actually I did see a person or we did or whatnot, it felt mm-hmm. real. It felt like, Oh crap, here yeah. we go. So, Always throwing out that it's okay, I guess, as a, a a storyteller or a game master to say, 
For a moment there, behind the column in the far corner, you think you see the face of a figure of pale, rotten flesh or something, matted flesh. And then as soon as you blink, they're gone. Or just really having that agency to say they're there and they're not. And... And then having it be nothing. <laughs> well, something something that I've seen is really controversial in role in role playing games, and and I get why, is a lot of a lot of people don't like the GM telling a character what to feel, and yeah, um, <clears throat> which you know I, I've kind of gone back and forth on that myself. I I get it, but at the same time, our our feelings and emotions are like one of the things we have no control over. Yeah, I mean, someone, if someone cuts you off in traffic, you don't think. I think I'm going to be mad now. Yeah, I'm no. going to be mad. <laughs> you know, you don't. You know, I don't. I don't choose to be nauseous. Right. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah, yeah. But that, but that, but that's one of the few things you, you know, your fear, your, your anger, your the, these sort of base uh, reactions that you have really have no control over. And so, um, it's one of those things in in Cthulhu where, you know. And and as a, and as a keeper, you have to kind of know where to draw that line. You know, you you want to give the player just enough, so that they can just take it and run with it. You kind of hand off that baton at that point. So I might say, um, yeah, as, as as you walk into the room, you you know it's it's cold and and you feel the sort of creeping uh, fear, you know, moving up your back and into the the little hairs at the back of your neck, which begin to stand up, and and your hands are have become cold and and clammy. And you hear this sort of faint whisper that that causes your heart to sort of uh, uh, skip a beat, as as you're not sure exactly where the voice came from in this dark room. Is it next to your ear, maybe, or was that just bouncing off the wall? You're not sure. And so I'm feeding a lot to you that your character feels, but then at at, at you know at, at a certain point I'm going to say, you know, and you know, so what do you, you know, then what are you doing? Yeah. And then you then you can start building on that and reacting to that. Yeah. yeah, because not, not once did you tell the player you feel scared. No, you're just describing the environment that, like you said, these, this character can't control the goose flesh on their skin, yeah. the hair standing up on the back of their neck. That shows me that my character is afraid. You haven't told it to me, and and that's strange because I'm okay with it. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm down with that. But if you had told me, no, now you feel scared, I'm like, well, wait, hold on. Should I roll a die to see if I'm scared or something? <laughs> But if you explain that environment, I'm all in. Why is that? That's interesting. Right. Well, yeah, because it's because I'm sticking with physical feelings for the most, for the most part. In each one of those, uh, I was describing the sensations in your body, the mm-hmm. the feel of your heart, the sound, uh, you know, next to your ear, or is it next to your ear? You're not really sure. You know, is is it? You know, where is that sound coming from? It's someone whispering. You know, is that your name? Or are they saying, "Help me"? You know, and and, and you're you're seeding these little doubts in the in in the player's mind as well as the character, and that and that's kind of one of the things that's a little bit different with this kind of suspense too is, um, it you you're 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 trying to almost affect the player as much as the character, you know what I mean? You're oh, yeah. you, you in in again in D and D you know you don't expect a character who goes through a combat to be winded physically, you know you don't expect them to to feel the pain of their character who just got, you know, shot with the arrow. But when you're dealing with this kind of psychological um, terror and and tension, 
you know, you, you, you really kind of want the player to feel that a little bit. You know, you want them to yeah. get that sense of, of, of dread. You know, even if even if they they know they're perfectly safe. So well, it's like, it's like sitting watching a horror movie. You know, if you're, if you're sitting there late at night in the dark, you know, watching watching this horror movie, and you know, you see this you see this guy creeping. You know, you see something maybe creeping up to a window. Maybe you hear something outside a window, and then you glance over and you see that your window's open over there, and you're like, oh no, my my window's open. You know, <laughs> did I forget to close my window? <laughs> and next, yep. thing, next thing you know, you're in, you're in it. You know. Yes, the window um, is open. That is perfect. Yes, that, <laughs> it's, just, it's those little second guessing things. Those, the, yeah. um, so uh, I, I don't want to jump to questions too soon, but this you know there's a great question from Nathan on a, on the mm-hmm. Roll Up and Die page on Facebook where we post the topic that we're going to talk about. Uh, but it's actually about exploring wilderness and trying to make that oh. exciting rather than just rolling yeah. or you know making nature checks and whatnot. And I think mm-hmm. you're on to something, Alex, in describing the feeling of the wilderness. Um, uh, is there sweat uh, from the rainforest dripping down, you know, from the humidity dripping down uh, underneath your shirt? Or rather, um, is it freezing and you can't feel your hands yeah. anymore? Um, I also wanted to throw in there that uh, Nathan and anyone else put, uh, <laughs> put some crossroads in there. Uh, you know, dungeons are really cool. I love big five-room dungeons, uh, but they're mm-hmm. even better when you make them 20 rooms, five main ones, and 15 little tiny ones, and some of them don't even have anything in them. You know, like, it yeah. just makes it more realistic, like a cave. But uh, but in the, in terms of wilderness, multiple options of places to go. Yeah. And that's something you nailed, Alex, in the Cthulhu game, because... We got to split up and go to like the yep. town hall. We got to go to the library. There was an option to go to, I think, a police station. There, there were mm-hmm. there were a few different ways that we could go. And whether or well, I don't. I I know that we didn't collect all the information from the envelopes, right. but um, and that was kind of cool because it felt like we made these choices of where we wanted to go and search and do this, uh, hold our investigation. And, yeah. and that's what led us to where we were, th- these choices that we made. Yeah. And I mean, you always hope that one will lead to another. Like you always hope that, uh, you know, when the characters figure this bit out, they'll be like, huh, I wonder if we should dig more in this area here. So now we'll go to this place and look at look at public records. And so, um, yeah, you, you know, and, and now I, I had, I think you guys went to places that all places that I had sort of prepared for you to go to. Um, but you know, occasionally uh, a, a player might think of something that, that I haven't, they might say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to go to the local bar because you know, uh, lo- locals like to talk in bars. So I'm going to go check that out. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, didn't think of that, but sure. You know, <laughs> and so then, then what you would to... do, you could take, <laughs> you'd role play out that newsletter clipping, but as if it's someone saying it. Oh, I right. remember back when. Right, right, right. Or they, or they literally find a newspaper. You know, you know, there's a stack of newspapers on the corner of the bar because everyone you know leaves them there after they're after they're done reading. Yes. Them, you know, so the bar becomes its own little library. You know, oh or, my god, research center. That's so, such a yeah. cool scene, like digging, like yeah. scooting glasses aside to read the bar itself, looking for information. Yeah, 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 yeah. and or or you know, hearing the drunk in the corner mumbling about, uh, you know, uh, you know, the asylum. It's like, what, are you, what, what are you talking about? Stone uh, slab. Yeah. I, I didn't say anything. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I ran a a Call of Cthulhu esque 
game a while back where um, it was it was set in a modern time period, and they they went they went to a bar after experiencing some really bizarre things, and and so they had gone a little bit over over the edge, and one of them was facing the television because all these bars today have televisions, and it was just a news report, and there was a little you know that uh, what do they call the crawl at the bottom. Uh, a crawl that yeah like yeah okay. i see like the the, the horizontal little you know yeah, the while they're talking the about a our kardashian on the tv uh <clears throat> all the the overseas like deaths on foreign soil are skimming by on the bottom crawl yeah, so, right that so thing, so, yeah. so so as a, as as a, yeah exactly so as as a, i was describing the place and to the person who's facing it, i say yeah and you see over the other shoulder you see a tv it's a news report about uh, you know, some car crash, and you see the crawl at the bottom talking about, you know, the president's going to give a speech, and he says, you know, he says the president's going to give a speech, and, uh, you know, Carl, you're going to fucking die tomorrow. And the guy's name was Carl, who's looking at it. And then he's like, wait, what did that say? I said, the president's going to give a speech, and then there was a train derailment. And I, I completely omitted what, what I had said about the other thing, about, that you know, that is... it was the, saying that he's going to die now. Are you taking notes, <laughs> listeners? I'm taking notes. That's that's perfect. That that's beautiful. So now even the players thinking, did he just say that? <laughs> did I just hear him say that? Um, <coughs> you know, and it and it wasn't necessarily even information I was trying to impart to him. It was just to show where he's starting to lose a little bit of touch with reality. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Um, the uh, the I, I'm sorry I'm so inspired by the questions people asked on the Facebook so I, I'm yeah I'm let's always just get into those scanning I, 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 and glancing you know it's funny because I've been I've been avoiding a few points because I I, I glanced at some of the questions like oh I was going to bring that up but I'll wait for the questions so let's just let's like, just get into the questions these are good <laughs> yeah. yeah um but this one is kind of like a, <laughs> okay this is from Kristen. You know, what would you do to make non-combat encounters exciting? That's, you know, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically, is there some way to increase drama or suspense without ham-fisting it down the throat of a player who may be either intimidated by the prospect or outright not interested? Um, there's a, a, a fun little thing that Alex did uh, in that you made us feel very smart um, by giving us all of the information, but in two pieces, right? Uh, oh, yeah. This is kind of a spoiler for the game, but basic, uh, I won't go mm-hmm. too far into it, but basically we found information about uh, the construction of an amphitheater, and we found information about um, before that construction how there was something buried there. Like there was uh, the about that slab. Was it granite? Yeah. I need to go back and watch it. Yeah, 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 it was, it, was a gra- it, was, yeah it was a granite disc. Yeah, yeah the granite disc, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, when the first, it doesn't matter which first piece of information we get. It doesn't, it doesn't matter which, as soon as we pick up the the second piece and we have the full puzzle put together and we kind of realize we need to go investigate that amphitheater. I felt like I had just gotten a heart container in the legend of Zelda. I felt like I (laughs) had destroyed the boss that I've been working towards forever without fighting because Alex, you did that, but I did that. I did that in my yeah. own brain. I thought, oh, crap, that's what's happening. And there was nothing to do with a character sheet there. And that mm-hmm. right there, Kristen, made me invested and interested because, Alex, you made me feel smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in a way, it's a lot like, you know, a really good puzzle in, in D&D. 
you know, <clears throat> if if it's done right and you give it to the, you know, and you give it to the players to figure out when they figure it out, they're like, oh yeah, I got it. You know, I, I understand now. And, and, and yeah, figuring out, figuring out the puzzle, that's a great way to sort of, well, like you said, make, make the players feel like they're, they're really, you know, they're, they're the ones who are doing this, which they are. I mean, I'm not, you know, they're, they're putting the pieces together. Um, and, and, and get that satisfaction of, of discovery. Yeah. Um, and I guess the you know, trick is the GM. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I did, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show before, but I did a LARP, a color, a Cthulhu LARP. And, and, uh, uh, and I was, I was working with a, with an antiquarian was, we were trying to decipher this book, right. Trying to figure out, uh, trying to decipher what was in it. And there was this, a person who was supposed to be dead but wasn't, and they had brought him out to the the garage, and they actually had this in separate rooms, and they had, I, I forget what they call the the GMs of these things, but they had the the moderators in different places, and we just got to the part in the book where it said, whatever you you know basically whatever you do don't don't try to just don't just try to kill this thing, you can't just mm-hmm. you can't just shoot it to kill it that that's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And, and then the other the other GM sort of walks in from the other room. Uh, you hear shots from the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was it was awesome. Uh, but great. Yeah, it, but when 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 things like that just hook up, and 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 yeah, it makes that connection. It's it's just it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to mention that that you did, which was which was a lot of fun too, is uh, using your your camera as as a, as a weapon. The camera combat. <laughs> Um, wait. Oh yeah. Remember, remember, oh you're being yes. followed. Yes, that was yeah. awesome. Why'd you, why'd was... you tell that one? Uh, was that when uh, we were walking down the street and it's kind of a crowded street and we're being yeah, followed you, and I you, spin yeah, you, around you, and flash it, take a uh, picture, I, just. Shh. I believe you were heading for the train station. We were. We were heading for yeah. the train station to head back yeah. into Boston, uh, back yeah. home, I think. Um, yeah. And go ahead. Yeah. No. No. Go ahead. You tell it. Oh, you tell it. Okay, fine. So yeah, so the 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 two characters are are walking towards the train station to head back to to Boston, their their territory. It's 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 evening, last train back, and they notice that they're being followed. They now they'd already been to the the sent the the asylum, so they're already kind of you know creeped out. They had discovered some information, and they were going to get on the train, and they notice the person following. So. Um, uh, Barker's character, oh, what's his name? Uh, Rich. Uh, Richie, yeah. Rich or Richie. So Richie. He, he's a photographer. And so he uh, uh, he turns around with his camera. And and <laughs> for this, you know, air quotes combat, I had, I had you make a photography role. Yes. And, which was <laughs> just so <laughs> surreal. It was and, beautiful. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You, you just did this great turn. To take a picture of the guy, the guy obviously didn't want to be caught on camera, so he immediately like ducks aside and 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 goes out from a different direction. And you, you lost sight of him. You you know you threw your tail by trying to take a picture of him. It was just yeah. the that yeah, that just, was the success yeah. to me. It was being yeah. so uh, it, it was being able to <clears throat> kind of scare the guy off or like yeah. solve the issue with just my character's ability to to take the picture. But the yep. best part was when I got that film developed, and I'm not gonna say anything else. Yeah. I'm just going, but that was like, I wasn't even upset, Alex. I wasn't even mad because I was like, oh, dude, that's beautiful. That's perfect. But, uh, but that's like, you're talking about driving up the tension when you finally get the photos developed. What happened? What, what's, what do you see? What do you not see? What, um, what do you expect to be there? What do you not? 
that's the God, that has nothing to do with fighting people, but that's all I yeah. want to know. When I, as soon as I took the picture, I'm like, well, I got to get this photo. Fo- I have to get this film developed. What am I thinking? Is the, what am I? What game am I playing? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, you were excited to get the film developed, and then you you yeah. ended up. I guess you were staying at your place because um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Matt's character yep. was afraid to stay at his, and so um, it, it was it was just it was just cool how the whole thing went. But when you were being followed. There's a few ways that could have gone, and, and I was sort of kind of deciding which way it was going to go. One thought was that you, there could have been sort of this weird chase while on the train, like he was going to he you know he might have tried to get on with you, and then you know maybe you try to confront him. He tried you know he's trying to follow. And that'd be you. a cool like almost pulp action scene, right? Yeah, chasing through yeah. the cars and stuff. But but like more like a but it's a walking chase. No, you know mm-hmm. you don't want to draw attention to yourselves. You don't want to let him know that you're that he, you're on to him. Mm-hmm. He wants to stay. You know so it's this, it's this weird sort of um, uh, not not passive but a very sort of you know leisurely chase <laughs> through through, yep. the, through the cars until maybe you get to a place where there's no one else, and then mm-hmm. suddenly you know the the pre- the premise of this the facade drops and and now you have to confront your your pursuer. Um, and I I I I'm mentioning this because I, I think one of the questions is about cha- what is it about about uh, chase scenes or something like that, which is another great oh, yeah, great way yeah. to. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, Nate asked that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another great way to bring uh, tension and excitement to any game without without necessarily any combat at all. You know, yeah. there doesn't need to be a single shot fired or sword swung or whatever in a chase scene. Like again, this that that would have been a great example where. You know, you're just trying to lose them. <laughs> you know, you don't yep. want to. You don't want. It, they don't. They kind of don't want to catch you, and you don't want them to. to they, you don't want them to catch you either. So it's 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 a. It, 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 but the tension is there, you know. Yeah. And th- there would have been some other stuff going on too. But again, it's it's. Uh, it would it would have been a different kind of of tension and excitement. Totally. I, I like the, the chase <clears throat> sequence as a non-combat encounter as well, because, yeah. like, I mean, first off, um, when it comes to chases, just in general, I guess, <clears throat> the players do best when they take the initiative to create for themselves. So the analogy I always use is there are two types of players. They're the kind that walks into the bar, asks the GM if there's a bottle of whiskey on the bar. The GM says mm-hmm. yes, so they grab the bottle and hit someone over the head. Right. There's another player that says, all right, I walk into the bar, I'm going to grab a bottle of whiskey off the bar, and I'm going to hit this guy over the head. Because right. obviously there's going to be a bottle of whiskey there because right. it's a bar. That's right. Yeah. That, for a chase scene, that kind of player is invaluable because that person oh, sure. knows that there are apple carts to turn over and there are yep. fire escape ladders to climb up. And then that means that you as the GM can just try to focus on all of the people all of the yeah. other, either whether they're participating in the chase, whether maybe you're cha- uh, the players are chasing one enemy, and now actually, as they look over their shoulders, it looks like someone new is chasing them too. So now they yeah. have to outrun someone while catching someone. The, um, that plus that player agency and letting the players just kind of have at, do what they want. Just in, you know, obviously they have to know where they are in the world, whether that's Boston yeah. or the Forgotten Realms. Um, sure. But that initiative creates the chase scene almost for you as a game master, I think. Yeah, and and there's all kinds of things that can happen during a chase scene. Again, that aren't combat oriented. You know, like again, a, a train chase like that, you could, uh, you might 
decide to yell fire, <laughs> you know, in the middle when you're in the middle of a oh, car to, yes. to get the crowd all stirred up, and suddenly everyone's looking around, and, and now now there now there's now there's this block for you. Um, oh, maybe so you actually good. start a little fire. Maybe you light a piece of paper and just throw it under throw it under one of the the benches or something like that, and you know, now now there's smoke and people are panicking. But you know, you you're using this car now as as a way to to get away. Still no, still no combat. Um, uh, maybe you have to maybe you decide you're going to jump from the train. Maybe you know maybe it's you, you feel threatened, so you're gonna you're actually going to jump from the train. Very exciting, but again, climb no, to the top of it. No to combat. Try to yeah, hide climb up on the it, train yeah. <laughs> and and try to back. You know, try to double back. You know, um, or even yeah. cooler, <laughs> you could try to just like take a picture of them and scare them off. Like <laughs> right, exactly, because that's the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only choice. Roll um, photography. <clears throat> Roll photography. That's right. Um, yeah. No, that's great. It, it, was that was that pretty much his his question on that? Or yeah. Well, did, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Chase sequences. Um, but how do you do them well? Uh, it, it's a pretty broad question, but I think I think that helps. Also, I know that there's a a great book on drive through RPG. Uh, that's all about chases, and I am yeah. not going to be a very good promoter because I forgot what it's called. Yeah, I remember. I remember you talked about it before. I'm trying to remember it myself. They just have um, a few like but, uh, <laughs> it, it ideas, like yelling fire and t- fire escapes and tipping over apple yeah. barrels and stuff. Because yeah. those little snippets, <clears throat> those little ideas, I think those create the the chase. Yeah, and and I mean, I think we might have talked about this before, but the real secret of any chasing is to keep it moving, keep it fast. Don't yeah. Don't give the players time to necessarily think much. You know, describe things quick, 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 and 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 have your either pursuers or pursuees, depending on which side the 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 characters are on. You know, reacting quickly as well. All right, you see, you see, you know, you see him duck into an alley. You see him, um, you know, you see him go go through the door. When you go through the door into the next car, you don't see them. Where are you know? There's a whole bunch of people here. You don't you don't see them at all. Where you know? Where are you looking? And and. and uh, Again, yeah, you don't give them time to sort of, you know, well, what are you going to do next? And then you wait five minutes while they're like, well, I don't know, maybe we should go look in this in this door over here. You know, the minute you let it slow down, you sort of break that that sort of thread of tension with the chase. And yeah. uh, you definitely want to sort of maintain that if you can. Um, and again, that, the... that was sort of, that was sort of was a, what I was preparing to do. But you, you did that brilliant move. And it was it was just that was that was that was so cool, too. <laughs> Save the uh, save the perception checks for when they when the characters lose them, when they're trying to find them. They're like, "Oh man, right, you right. lost him in the crowd. Did he go down the alley? Uh, did she climb up the fire escape? I keep going. Out. Did she disappear amidst all of the other monks in this Assassin's Creed like way, yep. where you know just kind of disappears? Um, that right there, I guess, roll perception. And if you succeed, yep. that's when you find footprints or a blood splatter from the wound that you inflicted on mm-hmm. this enemy before or a particle of their clothing or you see them in the crowd. Boom, thankfully, uh, you rolled that die. But don't roll again for every time they try to find them because then, like you're saying, Alex, every time you roll a die, you're slowing it down. The chase stops yep. so you can roll dice. And as, as if the characters are being chased... Or if they're chasing, make them feel like they are. If they stop, they're going to be caught. If they stop for yep. one second, they're going to be caught. And if the person they're chasing stops for one second, they're going to be caught. So right, it's everything right. is critical to the moment, to the second. And 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 make the decisions matter too. Like, um, you know, you can throw in red herrings. You can, um, 
you know, a, a good example of that was from Indiana Jones, uh, Riddles of the Lost Ark, when when he's looking for uh, Marion, she was just put in the basket or she hid in the basket and, and they, they carry her off. And then he goes off, then he goes up into this big market square and it's like dozens of people with these big baskets, the exact same thing. It's like, oh, you know, now he doesn't know where to look for. Um, you know, see, so you, you can throw in lots of red herrings. I think I did that uh, with you guys on the train too, where you where I had someone who looked very much like the oh, figure yeah. you saw on the street. <clears throat> yeah. And like they had you know? the same hat or something. It was such a cliche well, well, movie same, moment. No, he was, he, his, head was shaved. his head was yeah. shaved. You know, he had the, the sort of little you know, rolls in the back of his neck and, and same you know, head very style. much like that. Yeah. That was, that was excellent. You went, and turn him, you, you went and confronted him and it's just this guy reading the newspaper. You know, he's just, yeah. hey. just a guy. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? <laughs> can help you, you know. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. And yeah. um Yeah, all right. So let me let's let's how about we knock out one big question here. Yeah, yeah. Um and then um well we'll see where to go from there. We got Kristen. Yep. So we got, uh, let's see, we got uh the Chase one. Okay, so there's one mm-hmm. here from Jacob. Uh well, well, you know what? That we've already—that's one of those. That's basically, hey, what are the best ways to get characters into this who mainly like to focus on combat? Let me try to answer that in a different way than we already have, actually, yeah. because that's a really good question. What's a very mm-hmm. specific, tangible way to do that? Um, look at the character sheet, uh, especially mm-hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons. We have a tendency to forget that there's a lot of stuff that the characters can do that they never do because. We as GMs never really give them opportunities to do that. Right. Um, a lot of GMs will say, "Well, this character <clears throat> has uh, uh, resistance to fire damage, so I'm going to make sure it's an ice dragon that attacks him." And that's going about it the wrong way. Yeah. You should make sure it's a fire dragon that attacks, so that the character can use this cool ability. Yep. Um, but some of the things you'll find are non-combat. You know, feign death. If you mm-hmm. know that one of the characters can feign death, how can you? create a scenario where that might be useful yeah and don't think about like well what if they don't do that how will they ever get out of this just set it up create the problem not the solution but how cool would it be if they feigned death and got out of this thing yeah check out the the character sheets around the table every once in a while just to remind yourself of what the players characters can do and and also get them to think about action in a different way um you know think about a lot of alfred hitchcock is a great uh, source for that sort of um, different sort of tension and, and uh, you know, especially things like uh, North by Northwest or mm. um, Rear Window, you know, oh, yeah. where there's just so much, so much great tension um, that can be built up just by, uh, you know, people's actions that, that you're just watching from a distance. Like, you know, uh, <clears throat> I, I had some other things that, again, could have happened. Uh, like when you were at um, your characters was, was it Matt's characters? I wish I remembered the names better. <laughs> we um, we went to the oh yeah. We only did it. We only played it once though, so I can be forgiven. But like uh, when you were at this place and, also, and, you, and you're like on the second floor, and had you had you gone and looked out the window more, uh, there was some stuff you could have. There was some potentially creepy stuff you could have seen, like um, <clears throat> that you know that you you might have you might have seen that guy return. You might have seen him like look over. And then you see him cross the street and go out of sight. Now you can't see where he is now, right? Uh, yep. So now, now, now you you know he's crossed the st- over to your side of the street, but you can't. You know, your position <laughs> isn't letting you look down at the sidewalk. You can't see what's down there. 
So you yeah, have no I'm, idea what he did once he got over to the side. I'm getting now anxious have, about a dude crossing the street. That's it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it. and now you have the 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 the, the anxiety of of you know, holy, where is he? I, I have no idea where he is now. <laughs> you know. Yes. And maybe maybe he was just the guy crossing the street. Maybe you know, maybe like, so. <laughs> um, the. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I really I like the uh, the visual element so much yeah. to create the tension because like you're talking about this isn't someone crossing the street but what if what if you look out your house window or whatnot and there's someone who walks by and they look around suspiciously and then they look inside your mailbox and then they close it disappointed like they expected to yeah. find something in there and it's not and so and maybe you see them do that once and then twice like that's. That creates yeah. a little tension. That's a question. <clears throat> That's a mystery box right there that you want to open. I want to know the answer to this thing. I, I, had, I had something real life happen to me, which 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 really freaked me out once. Oh no! I, I was I was renting a, a duplex, and it was it was it was in a sort of um, suburban or rural area, and we had a mailbox out front. And one day I went to check the mail, and there was no mail. But in the mailbox, I found one of those little wooden mat, you know, one of those, uh, a, a matchbox, one of the small matchboxes with the wooden matches in it and the, uh-huh. with, with just two matches in it. <laughs> it just freaked the hell out. I was like, yeah. Because, <laughs> there, there there you know, there's only two of, two of us living there at the time. What, oh. Is this a threat? I mean, you is know, this what? a coffin? Like, are, are we the matches? <laughs> right. <laughs> like one they, is burned already they, or something. Are they, are they threatening to burn the house down? I mean, what, <laughs> what does this yeah. mean? And it's probably you know, a kid found, who's like, "Oh, let's see if I can not, uh, throw this matchbox into the mailbox from uh, from twenty yards." Oh, sweet! I, you did it. Well, uh, late later, later, I found out that it was uh, the neighbor, the neighbor from the next duplex who who used to go, you know, who would go outside and smoke, and he was he was looking for a place to put down his matches or something like that, and he ended up putting them there to, you know, and he forgot about them. But, <laughs> but it freaked the <laughs> hell out of me, though. You know, no it, kidding. It, I mean, if it, if it had been a full matchbox, that wouldn't have been as scary. But it was just it the fact wouldn't. that there were only two matches in it that that was that was freaky, you know. Numbers, so, yeah, numbers, just, yeah, yeah. It was just a mundane thing that that you know, in the in the right place in the, in the at the right time and in, in the right state of mind, can be really scary. Yes, I love it, uh, and I hope that that's uh, that's helpful for people. Um, when it comes to an <laughs> idea that you can steal tonight. Uh, I think that people should honestly just go watch the game and check it out and see what we created so far because the next game that we're going to play, Alex, will mm-hmm. bring closure to the story, hopefully. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll one way, see. One way, one way or another. One way or another. Every new beginning <laughs> comes from some other beginning's end, so yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll transition. But uh, that was uh, – it was a blast to play in that game. I'm very, very excited yeah, uh, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing one. what you guys what you guys end up doing with it. I mean, there's there's you know you've learned information that is time sensitive, so which is going to add a new type of tension to this now. Where yep. you know now now you've got a now you've got a uh, a timetable to operate on, and you, you know like you said you you managed to put pieces together so you you can you now know kind of you know what's happening and and uh, or at least enough to you know be afraid and so yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do uh, the it's you have created this uh, our ability to do all these things alex and you know the real skill comes in uh developing the whole conflict and then breaking it up into multiple parts to be discovered one at a time and mm. that's not easy 
it's not easy to to make a whole complete picture um it always seems easier when you have it already split up in the parts but always be thinking about it and always be considering oh you know how might how might these characters discover this information um and and how might i be able to convey all of this stuff to them and they'll never swing their louisville slugger once and they'll love it. So. <laughs> I, 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 you know, without without giving these bows, I think you guys will, might will probably get a chance. I um, to to do to do a little bit of swinging, Good. but um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, th- that's really what Call of Cthulhu is about, you know, or this kind of game. It it it, it is really about, um, uh, you know, assembling clues and and putting together a picture from what you can find it's it, it, it's that's it's investigative that's that's really you know the yep. the core of it and this can be a, but this can be applied to any game whether it's D or um even a supers game you know whatever you're doing if you want to have this kind of investigative game you can use the same techniques the same um the same style of things and don't be afraid to not have combat don't be afraid to bring in the 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 other kinds of conflict and excitement that can really drive uh, um, drive the tension. Yeah. All right. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Roll Up and Die, your definitive RPG podcast. Uh, my name is Barker. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnug. And I feel like I am even better prepared to run a non-combat whole campaign where we all play as bingo players. Uh, and there's a rivalry between the two factions of Binkoers. There's, there's the Lions Club and the VFW. And, uh, and, and you get wild. This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2016. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other super awesome properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing sucks. You can find all three of the primary hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Barker is at youtube.com slash be a better game master. And both of their work can be found at absolutetabletop.com. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And his work can be found on DriveThruRPG via Critical Hit Publishing. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die RPG podcast. Look for other releases of the show on Facebook.com slash RollUpAndDie, iTunes, and RollUpAndDie.Podbean.com. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.